Right on radio. Right on radio. And welcome back to Right on Radio. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe, and even leave comments on this broadcast. And don't forget to go to Jesse's website, which is the greatest resource for all these things, illuminatethedarkness.com. Now, this is a very explosive show for you today. We are exposing some deep players and the public players in the Illuminati and their methods. Guess what? One of them is running for president. This person should be disqualified immediately. But wait till you hear the connections that are made today. But before you get into this broadcast, also, I need to mention to you, this is a follow-up broadcast from episode 30, Jonah in the Belly of the Beast. If you heard the episode on Jonah, you'll know it's a huge international trafficking story and it's a super important one. And we have T, his mother, on with us again. But some of the things that we'll talk about today, they're standalone stories for sure, but if you wanna get the full picture, you really do need to listen to episode 31st. But going forward, wow, this conversation got diverse. And Kamala la 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 Harris is mentioned in much of this broadcast. Right on, right on, right on. Welcome back to Right On Radio. This is a follow-up program because when we get onto a story that's important, and this one is important to me, it's super important to Jesse, and it's really important to our guest today. Tammy Reef is back on with us. Again, my name is Jeff. And I'm Jesse. And we have a great show for you today. You know, last night there was a vice presidential debate. And yet one of the clients, when some of the information that comes out that we have to offer, and yes, there is verifiable proof of it, she should be disqualified. So today we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into a couple more solution-based, but we really want to catch up with Tammy and find out what has happened since the last program. Tammy, welcome back to Right On Radio. Thank you, thank you for having me today. Pleased to be here. So Tammy, we had an incredible response from the last episode. Most comments that I've ever had on a podcast and the overwhelming message from everybody writing in was, I'm a prayer warrior, and I'm going to be praying for that woman and that child every single day. Amen. Amen. I just, you know, I just thank all of those viewers. I thank all of them um, that they're just that God just convicted their heart to just to think of us, to pray for us, and to know that, um, but I know that when there's a bond that big and there's a prayer uh, that is connected around the world in that ethereal world, 
um, that God, you know, is moving. He's just moving. And I want to thank all of them because that's so, it's really important. And matter of fact, it encourages me just to keep going. It gives me hope. And I know that, um, I just know that I know it reaches all the way to my little boy, Jonah. Absolutely, because this is our weapon. We don't need to go protest and loot and things like that like other people are doing to prove a point. Well, they're paid to prove a point. Let's call a spade a spade on that. But prayer is our weapon, and this is a spiritual battle. Jonah was taken because of spiritual giftings. Right. That's true. That's also very, very true. Um, and it even I think it even goes deeper than that, even down to... Uh, his naming and the Lord gave me his name two years before he was even born in a vision to name him that that wasn't a name I had in my back pocket that I thought oh if I got married you know I thought it, you know that was something I thought about it was not even a name in in my in my subconscious or anything I it would have been a little surfer boy name <laughs> you know so um, can you describe that, that vision for us Yes, absolutely. Um, and before I even go into that, I'd like to add that there is other people um, that if they were to hear this, this, this show that were in a ministry at the time, and they know that this is true because I was in a women's ministry, but there was also um, another ministry where they were intern pastors that were young, young men at the time that were being groomed to be pastors. And at that time, I was, I had a, I had a near-death experience prior to that, years prior to that. And that was around 2001. And I lost my female left side at that time. And I had, it went into even a malpractice case. Okay, that's how serious the situation was. And I even had a lawyer that used to be a doctor. So I wanted to mention this part. It's important because to show you, like why this, why this is such a big deal and why Jonah was not just any child. He was a miracle baby. Okay. So I was even told by this doctor that used to be a lawyer, Hey, you probably, because of this botched situation, you probably will never be able to have a child, which he says, you'll probably have to go in vitro. And he went down this road. So, which is why I had groups of people like, Hey, praying like for my husband someday, obviously I thought it would come in that way and then to be to have a child now my whole life i always wanted a little boy so i was praying for a son i would have been happy with whatever the lord obviously gave me um i have to i have to draw the line at a giraffe i'm joking by the way there too <laughs> people that know me i kind of tend to do that just to make a lot of things so with that said what happens is i have these group of people praying and praying for me and i end up two years prior to conceiving my child I have like a very vivid, vivid, vivid dream um, vision and where I literally hear like the voice of God and he says, and you shall have a son and his name shall be called Jonah. And in the vision, I see a giant, it's like a tidal wave. I mean, a huge wave. And at the time I'm in awe in the dream. I, I, and I only think I can I can perceive about the wave at the time was, okay, I, I, I was a, a female women's surfer that I, I was, I learned to surf when I was 14 by an uncle and some other friends at the time. And I had friends at the Win and Sea Surf Club too that I've been connected to when I was younger um, that were great friends, um, my friend Marnie and such. And so 
with that said, I'm thinking, oh, to do with that. And I, I really didn't understand, but I was still perplexed. I remember looking at this giant wave, trying to understand, God, what, what, what does that mean? And so, but, at, but there was no answer to what that meant. So at that point in time, I was, I felt like I believed God. I believed him. I, I believed that he was going to, this was going to happen. And I remember reporting this to people in ministry and friends of mine at the time that I had this dream. And I kid you not, like literally the Thanksgiving, which is interesting with Thanksgiving, I had um, an old best friend and I'm just going to, I'm not going to say her last name, but her name is Amy. And she was such an inspiration to me. She just, she, she was like, she was like, just love the Lord. I mean, she just had this like, just like childlike faith. So I used to go visit her in Arizona and she too had a supernatural experience when she had her son, Noah. Um, and God had her name him Noah. So she gives me a pop-up book. We used to give our, we should give each other presents uh, before Christmas is what we would do when I would visit her at Thanksgiving time. So she gives me this gift and it's literally, it's a pop-up book of the story of Jonah, like a child book. And on the front of it is a sticky note, which I still have to this day. And it says, this is for this precious son, child, that God is going to grant you named Jonah. Now, mind you, I haven't even conceived Jonah or anything, okay? So I don't conceive Jonah until literally February, beginning of February, the next, the following year in 2007, which I found out later exactly when I conceived, which is important to the case too, by the way. Um, so that right there was also like a manifestation, I think, of the Lord letting me know, no, I'm, this is happening. Like this is, this is what I'm going to spiritually kind of put this manifest this into the physical world from the spiritual. And at that time I was like, thank you. I believed. And sure enough, when I conceived and when I found out the following year, I was pregnant. I, I knew everybody knew it was Jonah. Not, there wasn't anybody even at my baby showers that bought girl clothes or anything. There wasn't anybody. They all knew it was going to be Jonah. Jesse, what do you think of this story? Because I, I, I just, I sense that your mind is spinning and you're putting some things together here. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because throughout the past five years, uh, Tammy, we've talked about, um, you know, that, that Jonah's deliverance is just going to be this mighty work of God. And as you were sharing that vision, um, what I was reminded of was in scripture over and over when it talks about um, the waters, uh, there's verses, you know, where literally the Lord says, I will stir the nations with a mighty torrent. And, um, so as you were as you were saying that, all of a sudden that verse was coming to my mind, and I was like, you know, here we are in this day, this time, this age, and you know, God has Jonah in there, and it's to stir the nations with a mighty torrent of God's power, and um, that I just feel like there's something God is going to miraculously do. You know, the, the story is nowhere close to being done yet. Um, but that was where my thoughts were going with that. Well, it's funny you should say that. I, I'd like to go further with that. It, it just something just popped in my head to, to, I feel like God's kind of wants to remind me to share this part of the story. So I want to um, mention after uh, 
I had these five organizations prior to everybody I'm working with now that came came together in 20, it would be like almost to September of 2014 and after. At that time, one of the funding organizations that partnered with the other special forces, the genealogical organization, the State Department organization, and the consulting organization, um, they had me safe housed in various places besides out of the country and, and also in the country. And so prior to that, they had me safe housed at a, a location. And this was actually one of my favorite safe houses completely. And this was, and this was a beautiful house. And these people were government employees. I'll just say that. These people um, were also had their own ministry. They were kind of like that movie, like if you, um, like with, you know, in the cornfield, like you, I forget the actor's name, Costner, I think it is. If you build it, they will come kind of thing. And they Field said, of dreams. Right, right, right. Field of dreams. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So they said that they were, they had gone through different things themselves. Amazing, amazing people. And they were also pastors like for women's ministry, they, the, the man, the husband and wife, the man was a co-pastor of a, of a smaller uh, church, but a powerful one, I might say that. And so he would open up his, the prayer every, every Sunday, actually, at the church for the pastor. So they actually um, would, um, they had a job actually with me that they were, they said that, that the Lord had them do it. Being at their safe house, they said, we want to make sure that every morning that you are spending time with the Lord and we have a little area for you. I mean, I had a whole entire downstairs area that was like an apartment that um, had its own. They even had a little, they even had espresso coffee maker for me because they know I'm a coffee you know, connoisseur. And so they said, but we want to make sure you spend time with the Lord. And then afterwards, we want to see what the Lord is speaking to you about. We want you to practice talking to him. And we want to really work with you in this before, because I was leaving the country and I even was there after I came back in the country. So I had to do that every morning and then they would go to work and they had security, of course, and we'd come back. So I said to them, I was, I was one day, I was still really um, very torn and trying to, and I was, I was really wrestling. It was like Jacob wrestling with God. And I said, I just, I said, I really struggle. Like, why did this happen? Like, why did this, I, I mean, I believe God that even, even into third kidnapping that he would deliver Jonah and I trusted him. And I, and so when Jonah kept telling me prior to these people, and I, I didn't get to mention last time that Jan, Jonah even told me the night before, even up to the night before the bad people were coming. And I was like, no, 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 no. Besides two months ahead of time. <laughs> so I said that to them. I said, I struggle with that. Like I, I failed to protect him. I, I, I really beat myself up over that. And here I was trying to find a way I knew I had to get in federal court and here I'm struggling to get to protect him. And so I said, why did God allow that? And they said, did you, didn't you say that the Lord took him? He, he was taken three times by these, by these, this group of people, right? I said, yes, yes. I said, well, think about that. Don't you ever wonder why God had you name him Jonah? And I said, well, yes, I, I still wonder that. What, what, I, he said, well, he's a prophet. I said, well, I, I knew that when he was before he was born. I, I knew that that was going to be his gifting. And I knew that. I mean, I absolutely knew in my heart that that's, that's what it was. And even after that, with other people that came to confirm that. I said, well, the enemy knew that too. I said, okay. I I get that. I see that. I absolutely do. I get that. 
And they said, well, but think about it. You need to ask the Lord, why was he taken three times? They said, it's really interesting because Jonah in the Bible was taken. He, he also went three days in the belly of the whale, three nights and three days. Here you have Jonah taken three times. I said, okay. They said, but maybe Jonah had to go into the belly of the whale. And it brings me to something that Jesse has tried to, um, like, just tried to say, hey, look, look at what God's doing. I want you to see this in a different way. And it's interesting. I know that God put that in her heart to say, stop saying Jonah was taken. Jonah was strategically placed there. And I will have you know that I had a meeting with some other survivors recently. (laughs) And they said, oh, no, he's a Joseph. And he was strategically placed there. So, and I won't go into how and what God showed them just because I don't want the enemy, just because I, I know it's strategic. And so I, it's, it's helped me, Jesse, tremendously that the, that the Lord, I knew it was from the Lord. I knew God was like, hey, this big Yahweh was like, no, I, I, I allowed this. I'm on the throne. I'm in charge here. Remember that. I had to do that because it isn't just about him. It's about setting these captives free. Remember your favorite verse, Isaiah 61, and I've given you your birthday is 9119. Okay, you're you're nine nine you're you're a you know you're Psalm 91, baby. Yes, this is what that's about. I've got you. I've got him too. So went back to that, and that holds me. He holds me in the palm of his hand as well as Jonah. And I want you to know, Jesse. That's I I knew I knew that I knew that I knew that that was really the Lord speaking to me that. He wasn't, he wasn't taken. He was put there. He's put there to, to be the leader on this wave, bringing yeah. a multitude out to unlock the door. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. Only God does in his army. But I, I trust that at this point. Listen, I, I completely believe that. And... You know, if you look at what happened when Jonah came out of the belly of the beast, how he completely revitalized his society. And I think Jonah is going to be a big part of bringing the house down here. I, You know, this, this is such a, a special child, and this is such an important story. And, Tammy, you are – I encourage you to hold on to that because, you know, the last episode we did with you uh, – I was really taken back because I'm listening to you talk about your son being stolen and the horrors that you went through battling this system that just seems overwhelming. And yet, you know, you were, you were so articulate and so strong. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking of my daughter who's, you know, now 25, but you know, I'm thinking how, how could a parent go through that? But this explains a lot. And so I encourage everyone in the listening audience to join in that as a prayer, uh, that Jonah is going to be used and he's going to bring the bad people down. Amen. 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 I'm I'm believing for that too. I really am. I I just have to just go, okay, God, I know you're going to do it. I don't know how, I don't know what that looks like. And I just have to go, I have to, every morning I have to go, okay. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, belittle the fact that Jesse knows I've been through, I went through a bout of, you know, even anger, um, you know, after uh, I had one of the, uh, the funding organization who ended up selling out 
and throwing me under the bus, but I wouldn't have met Jesse. I wouldn't have met all the teams. I wouldn't have met everybody that I've met now if that didn't happen. So I have to thank God for that too. <laughs> and so as hard as that was, <laughs> that was really hard because even the head of that organization was a pastor and he did do international anti-trafficking. But we have to remember that, you know, people are infallible and that our, the end of the day, our, I, I'm just a, I'm a vessel that's got to just lay down my life and just be like, okay, God, it's, 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 I got to trust you. And and when we're talking about bringing down the system and the importance of Jonah, just remind us of the connection that Jonah had with the person running for vice president. Yes. So the person running for vice president is Kamala Harris. This is somebody that I, I kid you not that she strategically made sure to, to cover up all of the corruption in this case. So um, I want to make sure I mention that if anybody's the kingpin in California, it's her. <laughs> she is the person in charge to oversee all of this trafficking and in California under those four, uh, and I'm going to just say it, mafioso, basically the California mafia, which is the J. Paul Getty family, the Pelosi's, the um, the Browns and the Newsoms. The Newsom is her is Pelosi's nephew, and so let's not forget that Pelosi's father was out of D.C. and he was from a Italian high level mafia family. It's how they got their start. So when you have that kind of power, and let's not forget who J. Paul Getty is. He was knighted by the Queen of England, okay, Elizabeth. So you have, and she's connected, you have this black nobility that's backing Sir J. Paul Getty. So when you have that kind of power overseeing the people that are groomed and put in place in power like, like Kamala Harris, you better believe it. She's she's about she's hungry for power. This is somebody that that they're grooming under even HRC to be in this in that vice president position. And made, matter of fact, they know that they know that Joe Biden is not. He's got some sort of dementia type issues. So their goal is to remove him, and she would become the president. And if she was disqualified because she's not a U.S. citizen, she was raised in Canada. I have sources that are media that have talked to me about that. And she was born in Jamaica and she was adopted out too. So we have all of that evidence with different teams around the country and media. So again, she's not a U.S. citizen, just like Obama. I want to mention that. Yeah, but Obama made it to the presidency. So the system runs deep. Yeah, it does. Before you go farther, uh, Tammy, could you talk about... Uh, particularly about her part, what was the paper that she knowingly signed and and bring out that she, you know, that she knew, you know, it's not just a paper she was signing, Um, bring out what she knew she was doing when she signed that paper. So she knew that she was part of a black market adoption of my son. She knew that she was basically signing along on documents with a district attorney who was a kind of a low nobody district attorney who was struggling. Her name was Jill Lindbergh. I want to make sure I get her name out there. And she was with a, a, a special victims unit, a, an abduction unit task force, believe it or not, with, with the Carlsbad investigator named Carol Schneider in Carlsbad, working out of her her precinct, might I add. So she knew under 
under also the head DA at the, at the time in 2014 was Bonnie Dumanis. So she knew that she was the one to protect them. I want you to know that I even had high level media people in California and they were Democrats. I want to mention that too, that knew this was all illegal. And, and that, so I had two parties, I had Republican Democrats, both people were all fighting for Jonah, not just Jonah, but Lexi. And they had taken paperwork, they'd taken documents to show Kamala Harris, hey, you know, we'll help you get to Senator, but you need to, you need to fight for this child Jonah who was trafficked out of the United States. And also Lexi Dillon who was trafficked out of the United States. I have media people that handed her my paperwork and she promised she would do something, okay? And that was in 2014 into 2015. And of course she was like, oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'll, I'll take care of that. When in the meantime, by January, 2015, we are serving her documents, okay? That were federal documents that she made sure were unscanned all the way to her office in Sacramento. When we had postmaster people that were like, she got it. Why is she getting people to make sure it looks like it's unscanned, like it wasn't served to her? We have that proof. So she signed documents, okay, that literally were on the black market adoption paperwork with Jill Lindbergh. And where they did this, I want everybody to know, is they did this in a court that if I'd never moved out of California, I would have been in this court because I'm a paternity case, never been married. It would have been in the juvenile court in San Diego downtown, not North County where Carlsbad and Vista Court is. So that's important. She did this with a judge they got that I've never met, never went before in my life, named Judge Carlos Omor, or Amira. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name. So it's a Latin uh, let me name. quick interrupt here. So, so there were several things. One, um, you know, you didn't mention this last time, and I think it's important to bring out. One, when Jonah was kidnapped through these courts, you and your team of lawyers and stuff were bringing her paperwork, asking her to fight to get Jonah back, to sign paperwork to get Jonah back. Correct. And this is when she was the attorney general for California. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Right. So, yes. Okay. So specify that before she was senator. And, and as we know, you know, there has to be certain <clears throat> documentation when court documents are served to somebody. So she she was served that you have the proof she was served mm -hmm. but she, she hid was. it and did not do the follow-up to show that she was served and then pretended she didn't get it when she did right and then she signed the other paperwork that legally allowed jonah to be sold on the black adoption market that's correct. Matter of fact, they changed what her and Jill Lindbergh and Bonnie Dumanis did. And these are all the judges, Judge So, Judge Pollock, Judge Eugenia Irabaiti, uh, did, they put this all in place. And there's even other officials that go all the way up to, I mean, we're talking even Summer Stefan, the assistant of, I mean, she had her hands tied, Summer Stefan. I mean, she, everybody, all, even the DAs that I had, I actually got a case open with the DA's office in 20, 2011 on April 3rd. Um, of illegal kidnapping and even those guys their hands were tied so uh i just want you to know like this is how this is how powerful these people were all the judges we even had safe kids international in 2014 even went to the head judge in san diego to try to stop this and they're like they did they said i can't nope sorry i'm not doing that they let it happen they knew it was all illegal because it was all controlled by kamala harris so they were nobody 
nobody was going to um, was going to they didn't have they didn't have any powers what it was to usurp her. So she was she was handling the whole thing all the way to Washington D.C. So much to the point I want you to know that she helped the judges actually change the birth date of Jonah to December 19th. So just so everybody understands how they do an adoption and anybody out there that's been adopted will know that adoptions go under a birth date. They do not go specifically under the child's name because the child because they're going to change the child's name usually. So what's fascinating is I remember being in Washington DC in 2013 with Children's Issues State Department and they had a secret line that they had me call vital records in Sacramento. It's, this has been recorded by the way. And they had me call up asking for that order from vital records, which is okay, for the order that Jonah was, his name was changed even under the first counterfeit birth certificate to Sullivan, okay? Without a hearing, without any proper paternity trial proving this guy is any blood relation to my son. And I'll have you know that the woman's name was Carla. I'm going to put her out there, okay? And it's recorded anyways. It's turned into a transcript at this point. Sorry, Carla. But anyway, she says, no, you can't have that. It was like, boom, happened. I could hear the State Department people in the background. They're like, all right, everybody, we've got an international kidnapping here. And it was, it was like she was, they, were, they were done. Now, they don't even know. They're going to hear now, but this, <laughs> this, but this radio show that I know this and that that happened. They know it happened, they just don't know how it happened. Today they're gonna to find out how it happened, there's no getting around it. So they declared international kidnapping at that point and trafficking by the state, the United States State Department. And literally that was in early, early 2013. I'm not gonna say the date on purpose because it's in a federal case and I don't want them to be able to make up documents to cover it up, but Literally, I have the transcript and we have the recording. So that wouldn't be, I said, what do you mean I can't have it? I'm the mother. Why wouldn't I be able to have that order that Judge Pollock, Gregory Pollock made, which also was overseen by Judge, Administrative Judge Kenneth K. So, why wouldn't I be able to have that if I'm the mother? That doesn't make sense. So sure enough, fast forward to 2014, we go up to the Governor Brown's office, I'm standing outside with other, with media people and legal people that were ADA advocates. And they knew him personally, they helped him get elected by the way. And so we're talking judge, we're talking Jerry Brown Jr. And so they're talking to him and he too, his hands are completely, he's like, no, this is how big this was. And he's like, I, I can't do anything. I can't do anything about this. And so here Kamala Harris is controlling the whole thing. They already knew they were going to groom her for senator at that point in time. She was being groomed at that time. She's already signed off. And what happened was she had already falsely made up a secret case to prosecute me personally. Personally, in an appellate court, literally, she picked out the attorney um, under Raymond De Giuseppe, but they put it under Raymond De Giuseppe. I'll have you know, his name isn't Raymond De Giuseppe. It's how they hit it. His name is Mark De Giuseppe. And they personally pick him because he, he actually was one of her assistants when he worked at the attorney general's office prior to that. And he was an attorney that works in North Carolina, and that's, a, that's another state we're up against. 
and he worked in California. He still works in California. He actually works out of both states on an appellate level is what it was. So she was overseeing that. Do you know that she puts her hand, he, she puts her John Hancock on that too. And she basically recreates new documentation to cover up the first crime of the kidnapping and the black market adoption. So, which is why I have to be careful with documents that they, I don't want them to know I have because we, it's an open federal case at this time. And that can, those documents, if I put out certain documents, they can be impeached. They can't be signed under, under seal. And that's under federal rules of civil procedure for B, okay, in DC. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that I understand that. And I know that very well. So this is important for people to know when you do a black market adoption, like these people did, I mean, they put it under a false birth certificate and a false birth date. And so we went all the way even to adoptions in Sacramento and they admitted that they didn't do any of that paperwork. So we have that documented with witnesses. Now, do you actually have the original birth certificate still in your possession? I do. I do. Thank God. I do. And that's what I was able to present um, to State Department officials in, in 2013 and 2015 and 2014. I, might, I forgot about the meeting in 2014 in September. But yes, I was able to, I still have that to this day and it's locked away. <laughs> okay. So, but the trouble is, is that I even have the counterfeit birth certificates um, that I'm asking permission to do another show so I can, I can to see if I'm allowed to put at least the third one out there that they created on him. And so I may be able to do that, by the way. There's so going to be another document that you're going to want to get. And I'm not going to say it on this broadcast, but mm -hmm. we talked right before uh, we went live and it's mentioned there when you get your briefing and this is going to be very key. I don't want to say it on this air because you're right. A lot of people heard this. This got spread around the world that the last episode. So we don't want the enemy to get that, but you're going to want to pursue this one particular document who should not be hard for you to get. Now, just on the, on the spiritual side, I want to bring Jesse in here. Uh, we know Kamala Harris was dating the, uh, the, the governor or whatever of California when she was young and, you know, this guy's 40, 50 years older. It was a power play. Willie Brown. Uh, this is his name. Yes, Willie Brown. That's right. And and I know that there's pictures of him taking her to orgies and things like that. So there's definitely a blackmail thing going on uh -huh. uh, there. But she will do anything for power. So I just want to ask Jesse. Jesse, do you know what sect she is in? Um. What do you mean by which quadrant or? Yeah. Which or, or so you know. One of the things that makes me think about this, because there's an article, uh, and I had it <laughs> in my possession. It still can be found on the internet, although I found out yesterday when she was going to the debate, they've scrubbed a lot of the internet and yeah. stuff of her. But, you know, with her two aides that were her Masonic police force. So I was just wondering if she is kind of in that faction. Most definitely in this, you know, this is at the highest levels a bloodline case we know that so uh, the connecting person that we haven't named yet um it is really goes all the way to the collins family which we know jonah is collins bloodline um that that's in there uh so the grand high priestess of the west in the u.s was joan collins so it would be that bloodline that 
all these individuals are working under. Joan uh, Collins, the famous actress? Connected to the Satanic Council. Um, so the Collins side and the Satanic Council, all of that would have been helping to cover all this up. Um, I can I can confirm something too, Jeff. Um, Jesse knows that I had a pretty high level meeting, and I'm and I can't say who the individuals are because they're connected to SAC Air Force Base. Um, however, I had this meeting earlier this in the summer this year, and I had to uh, get certain documentation that go, that's bloodline related on the Reefer Scheid Bedberg side that goes all the way back to to Schleswig Denmark. And that is that I was really shocked um, as to some of the families connected that I was not aware of until I was able to get this paperwork. And these are people, too, that were in this meeting that were um, they were actually related to me. I will I will say that but I've got to be very careful because I want to protect them. Um, and there were some that I had to meet separately that were not related. And they turned over paperwork as well. And these are documents that go out of the country to go back in time. And sure enough, I was shocked to see that the Collins family was married into the Reef family, actually even into when they came into the United States. And it actually, I think I mentioned to you, Jesse, that the, the woman that is, that's directly related to us looks looks like she could be Jesse's mother. <laughs> it, was, it was that uncanny. It was, it was quite shocking. And it was, in a, it was actually in a, a reunion back in the turn of the century, like around the like 1900s. And they're all in a, big, in a big picture that I have. And I, again, I was not aware that the Collins family was married into the Reefs. But the Collins family is also married in through the Collins Todd family is related to us also on the Cozine, Van Dune, Van Bahuri side, which is my mother's father's, uh, his, his, uh, his grandmother, his mother's side, um, which were, which she was Cozine Van Dune. So they're related on that side as well. So it's in a book that we have, is how I know an ancient book of genealogy. Yeah. So, so Jesse, for someone to rise up to this level, uh, to become the attorney general and to be running for vice president now and you know obviously there's the, the connections with the collins family that you just mentioned which is huge news by the way uh, but what would someone have to do to rise up and to get into these types of positions and power within the brotherhood um yeah we're talking pretty high level so there's you know there's quotas there's well, the, we'll just call them evil quotas. There's oaths that you would have to take. Um, you know, it depends on which side she's all involved. You know, we definitely have connected her with some of the Masonic things. So she would have to be taking some of those Masonic oaths um, on, on the female side of things. Um, and then, you know, all these are blood oaths. And, um, you know, I, th I, th I don't know. It's, you know, it's hard to tell. We definitely know that she's, she's selling children. So that might be a way that she's, you know, that may be her offering in this position. Um, it's hard to tell for sure because 
with each individual, it can be different as to what exactly they have to do to attain their positions. Um, we know with her that there is some sexual things involved that have been, you know, scandals in her um, in her attaining power in her position. Um, so that's probably about all I can say on that. Um, so the, the reason I'm asking these questions is, you know, and, and I'm and, and Jonah's in the in the background here for this entire right. conversation, but I want to paint a picture of the type of person who we're going up against and the type of power oh. that we're going against. I, I'd like to, I mean, she's, she's basically a, you know, we could say that she's a Luciferian and, you know, at the heart of it, she has her cover life, which is the political life. Um, but behind the scenes, you know, she's got her position in the system. And, you know, if she, under Joan Collins, she's using that power, um, whether, you know, I don't know if she is a high priestess or not. Um, she may just be, you know, into witchcraft, things like that. But, um, you know, we're waiting for more of that needs to be confirmed and looked into. Um, one of the things that I think is important to draw out is that we have a a rule that with the people who are running for campaigns, especially presidential vice president campaigns, there's a period of time where, you know, they're kind of considered untouchable. Like, you know, so it was almost a very strategic move knowing that there's all this stuff coming out about the child trafficking and, and CPS and the stuff being done there that specifically they put Biden and Kamala in those positions and i really yeah, think because that it would, would make no sense on paper she didn't make it through right. either, through the very first primary runoff she was like less than two percent she was a zero essentially right so you know it says a lot it says that the system wants to protect whatever you know protect her from whatever information could be coming out one of the way for the ways for them to silence that information coming out is to put her in that position you know, it makes her untouchable for a period of time. Uh, but that's part of why we're doing this. And, you know, Tia, you mentioned too, another little girl, uh, Lexi, and yes. that Kamala was very prominent in her case. Um, if you could just briefly share with people a little bit about Lexi's case and how Kamala fits into that. Yes. Um, I, I also want to uh, mention too, um, and I don't know be before I go into that, uh, Jesse, if we're allowed to also discuss Kamala with the 14th bloodline at all. Are we allowed to go yes. into that? Yes, okay. we can discuss that. Okay. So one of the things I know that we are aware of uh, is that she is part of the 14th bloodline, meaning Kamala Harris, under the um, uh, that's the Muslim Brotherhood. So there is an agenda there. Um, this is nothing against any Muslim people or anything like that. This is about the 14th bloodline, which is the Muslim Brotherhood. And so Obama be, pretty much put her in right. this place because he's yeah. there too. There we go. And, that's, and that's let where me I'm going. interrupt quick too, is that, so what that does is it connects her with some other political individuals who are also intimately working with the Muslim Brotherhood, such as Obama, um, 
McCain, John McCain, right. uh, John Brennan, um, we could go on and on, um, Avenetti. Um, so, okay, so go ahead. So she's kind of in, in this Muslim Brotherhood with these individuals. So I want to, um, and I'm not trying to speak for Ruby, but I've had, I, 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 um, but I have had extensive conversations with Ruby. And what's interesting about Lexi is that I want to shed light on Lexi because, as we all know, we're all praying for her too. And I'm asking all our viewers out there to pray for Lexi's return and for this, for the lid to get blown off that case as well. I, um, I think it's so important and I, I feel for, I, I know I, I feel for Ruby and I care about what happened to Lexi and Ruby. So I want to just say this as that Lexi was also had a very, was tested Ruby said at a, at extreme high levels in Orange County. This is about an hour away from like uh, the court that took Jonah. Okay. I want to say that North in Tustin, which is a inland inland kind of a upper mid-class uh, area of Orange County. So she was tested an extremely high. She had like, I guess she tested at that time um, as being one of the highest IQs of the children of her age at that time. So again, that is going to, that's going to target her. That's going to, that's going to set off bells that the people in the system are going to, I mean, they're, they're going to, they're going to go after her, but it gets better. So what's interesting too, if you go back and you look at Kamala, okay. Kamala was, was adopted by the Harris family. The Harris family goes back to England. Okay. They're a very high level family that's prominent in the nobility, uh, going, you know, in England. And then her mother, the, the adopted mother is East Indian. Okay. So, um, so again, interesting correlation with Lexi. So Ruby, you go back and look at Ruby and her background, and Ruby and I talked about this. Ruby's father, he is, goes back to the Dillons. They go back to the nobility, high level nobility in England. Now there's another longer name of her name. It isn't just Dillon. So, and I don't have that in front of me at the moment. However, the, her mother's side, meaning Ruby's mother's side, comes from a long line here we go bloodline again of brahmin east indian brahmin princes okay so princesses so again so what did lexi have again she has spiritual gifts like jonah those are handed down spiritual gifts she was this little girl was like when ruby explained her to me it was like, like there was a big person talking inside this little girl. She was so advanced for her age. And then I also know media people that fought for Jonah that also fought for Lexi. And they said, this little girl was phenomenal. She was so advanced. Now she's a little bit older than Jonah by a couple of years. And she was taken just right, be right before Jonah. Um, so again, they were going after the bloodline and the spiritual gifts. And so I want to just say that, so again, is it interesting that Kamala is from a similar bloodline of, or adopted into that similar type of half East Indian, half English, just like Ruby. So again, they claim that, they claim that Lexi was, um, that Kamala actually signed the documents to make sure that Mahatep, which was the Thai uh, father, and he was the father of Lexi, um, was given permission to literally internationally traffic Lexi to Thailand. 
so out of the country and they know they brought her in and out in and out so but is it interesting that again they have that why Lexi's taken is because she has such a similar makeup and connection as Kamala Harris which is why Kamala Harris made sure to sign the paperwork that that little girl was taken and trafficked that's why everything is similar I mean it's so similar with the fraud in the case fraud upon the court in the case so that was that was also a parental case like yours, correct? Correct. A mine isn't a, isn't per se a parental case because because this guy, the Sullivan guy, right, wasn't was not the parent, right? But that's what they were putting it under. But let me ask: right. them, Why was Kamala Harris even signing paperwork in a parental case at all? Oh, this is. Let me give you a name that everybody should know. Again, once again, so. This is interesting too. So she had a woman by the name of Aaron and Aaron was, her last name was Brooks. Well, Aaron Brooks was a head, Kamala put her in charge of the state of California, literally abduction unit on our paperwork. Okay. So I'm not even sure if Lexi, not Lexi, but Ruby has that paperwork, but I do. So, but I want you all to know, this is what's so interesting. Remember, we have certain entities that are committing corrupt actions, but are also the other side is using to arrest people under, the, uh, under certain actions. And let's call it agriculture department. Okay. So does that sound familiar, Jesse? Agriculture department. Yeah. So, why, why is the agriculture department even involved in cases that involve children? Well, what they hear about agriculture. So (laughs) this is what we're trying to figure out. Right. So Aaron Brooks is really the head of agriculture in the state of California out of the Sacramento office. Okay. What's interesting about her is they know that she has some kind of relation to Brian Sullivan's second attorney, Jane Wesley Brooks. So isn't that interesting? And now Jane Wesley Brooks has been promoted to a pro temp judge in San Diego. So they put down as Kamala Harris puts down Aaron Brooks to oversee the abduction unit in Sandia when she really wasn't in charge of that unit. She was a head of agriculture in 2013 and 14 and 15. She was not in charge of the abduction unit for the state of California overseeing all the other abduction units. So the last place that people are going to look for anything fishy going on with children is under the agriculture department. So are you saying in a way these people in government were hiding a child abduction unit under our agricultural department in the United States? I am absolutely saying that. That's correct. Yes, it's another way to traffic. It's a methodology. Remember my whole goal here is to talk about methodology and the different ways that these people will create they are paper wizards and i'm and i mean that specifically spiritually and i mean it physically they are absolute paper wizards they use people in the film industry too that are specialists at creating a facade even in paperwork they've got all kinds of ways to do that and to hide things in the system including people Speaking of Hollywood, this came up on an earlier episode between Jesse and I talking. How much would Hollywood be involved in making doppelgangers? Oh, 
Okay, they are, again, so being an art director um, for many, many years, and I have many family members too that have been directors and you name it in the film industry. So again, prior to being an art director, let me just mention to our audience, I was a prop master, which means that I have firsthand knowledge into also work with people in special effects. I know how it all works because I had to work with them. And so I understand it well because I had to hire them on jobs I had to know what their expertise was. So let me just mention that first. So would I be ex ex considered an expert in that area? Uh, that's an absolutely a yes. So, and I was a good prop master also, very good one. And I was had a good reputation. So with that said, yes. So you have people that um, Hollywood with doppelgangers, again, you have people that are excellent at creating the special effects at making someone look identical to someone, let's say playing a film or even, but what, when I talked to Fritz about this, about doppelgangers, we had a long conversation about this, Fritz Springermeyer, all of your soap opera people are CIA. When they're not on set and they're not doing soap operas, they are sent out by the cult working in the CIA. And a matter of fact, I even had this experience myself is okay. So I can, I can go down that road later, but anyway, yes. So these guys will be able to look like somebody else play a part as, um, cause they're really working for the CIA, but you got to remember these people are actors so they can send them out as doppelgangers. Hitler had four queen Elizabeth has two doppelgangers. So if you have that, then let's not, let's talk about how the CIA has a lookalike department. Why would they need to do that if they didn't use that? And, and of course, the, the clowns of America essentially run Hollywood. They do. They absolutely do. Because you have, let's not forget, we have all of our A actors, um, actresses that also are, you don't get there unless you are a bloodline. The story that we get with their publicist that I'm going to give you just the, the silly clown is you great word for it, by the way. Uh, like, yes, you know, actress so-and-so, boy, she worked her way up. She had three jobs as a waitress. It's like such baloney, okay? These guys were groomed as children. They've been programmed. They've been already picked to be a certain actress that is going to, if they go along with the program, hey, they're going to make it all the way past B to make it to A. But a lot of them already picked to be A. They know that they're going to be A. And these guys work with your political people. They worked with your royalty, your nobility, your politicians, you name it. They're already part of it. They were yeah, already that's chosen. A, that's important is that not only are they working with these heads of other countries and important people, but you know, part of their job is to have a humanitarian effort. So they funnel money into that humanitarian effort, um, which we're finding is those are being unraveled that that's how a lot of the trafficking or the other things are getting their funding is through these foundations that these actors and actresses set up or sit on or promote. Um, so, you know, it's all interconnected that, that they become part of the means that allow the system to continue to, you know, sell, deal and make money and profit off of our children. Right. And, and I'm going to kind of go out here on a limb and I'm not going to, but I can't go into too much detail, Jeff, because I'll move my son. But I want to, I want to just mention he is part of the lookalike program. So we do know that. And that's all, and I, that's all I can say on that right now. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, uh, so I won't challenge you on that anymore, but the, so he is part of the look-alike program. That's correct, with the looking glass, yes. We know that. Ah, okay, that, now that tied in. I was going, what, what, what would the purpose of that be with him? Correct. And again, it would be in theta programming, which would be psychic type of abilities to open spiritual gates, the Star Wars program, the Stargate programs, that kind of thing that goes into Stargate, is even the TV shows. And Jesse, I had some other people talk to me a little bit more, the Australian New Zealand team, we were in a meeting, and they wanted me to discuss a little bit more about how <laughs> all my Star Trek friends and connections and how I was asked, they literally the year that I was pregnant with my son, um, I had some opportunities through some close friends of mine that, I, that were on, that were worked, that are literally like, that are actors and actresses on Star Trek. Okay. One of them is my friend, Crystal Allen, and she's, she's an amazing person. And she was the green lady in the Star Trek TV show. Now I, I art directed a movie for Hallmark, uh, that she was in. And, uh, so she was at Comic-Con and she was signing a bunch of autographs for all the you know, the Star Trek, uh, you know, celebrities. And we are all at, you know, dinner one night. Um, this was around, I would say July, August of 2007. And we were at the Four Seasons up in North County, San Diego after Comic-Con. And so it turns out that the producers of the, it was gonna be a new Star Trek movie coming out that they were gonna start pre-pro for in December of 2007. And they said, yeah, hey, well, we are absolutely interested in her doing the art direction on the new movie. And we're, we, we saw her movie, we watched it, that she art directed with Crystal in it uh, for Hallmark. And we love to have her come on as we're interested in having her you know, come on as the art director or to try out for that, that, that uh, you know, to, to basically put a budget in for it is what they do. You, you, it's a bid is what it's called. So, but I said, oh, I would love to, everybody, but I'm pregnant. And I think everybody, like I saw people spit out their food, drink across the table because nobody knew I was pregnant <laughs> at the time. It, and so um, that was kind of shocking. And I said, yeah, I'll be having a baby that month. That won't work out, but thank you. But, but again, if Jesse, if you can elaborate on how Star Trek and Star Wars and all that is connected to Hollywood to the whole new world agenda. Yeah, that, you know, I personally was in, in a, as I've talked on some of my other shows, in those experiments or projects that the government was doing. And a lot of the ways that they, you know, it was their way of making public the concepts and, and the philosophies behind what they were doing. They were getting people used to the idea of, you know, what is possible. Um, so it's kind of a way of desensitizing so people don't look into it further. Um, what they hid was that, you know, children were involved in these projects. Um, they were really overseen um, by Nazi scientists who were brought over through Project Paperclip. Um, I've done a show where I extensively talk about one of them in particular, Michael Carcock, and how he was even connected to, you know, Hamps Tavistock was, you know, one of their uh, 
you know, I don't want to call them clinics, but they had different branches. So their main branch was in the UK. Um, they had a branch in Switzerland. They had a branch in Hampstead, uh, UK as well. So they, you know, were originally in those areas and some of the individuals who were highly involved in kinder transport um, through, uh, you know, the war, World War II, um, those same individuals were from those areas, from Hampstead, which, you know, we've heard testimony from children in that area that it was a high area for ritual and um, other types of abuse going on, um, particularly satanic ritual. And so these individuals were brought over to the UK and Cardcock particularly, you know, I knew him to be, you know, I was told as a child that he was Michael Aquino and John Brennan's, uh, one of their teachers, instructors, particularly he was skilled in PSYOP and that included you know, using skills that we've talked about that Jonah might have, um, you know, where you're, you're working in the spiritual realm, you're doing military warfare strategy through the spiritual realm. Um, and so, you know, he became kind of the overseer or the instructor teaching Aquino and, and Brennan how to run these programs in the U S and, um, they, you know, other institutes that were involved were, you know, MIT, the Stanford Research Institute. We've now been able to connect that those literally were just branches of Tavistock. Um, they also had, you know, psychologists who were in these programs. Um, they've hidden that um, that these pro- that these projects and experiments included children. And one of the words that they would hide when they were writing out you know, the, the reports that they had to file with the government, um, you know, and report was what was going on in these experiments that they used for children was they would call them potentials. Um, so you, when you're reading these experiments, you don't get that the word potential means children. Um, you know, so that's one of the ways that they hid that there were children in the experiments. And so when the experiments are released, you know, they don't release the pictures that go with that or the other documentation. They just simply release this, you know, report from the CIA vault and people are like, Oh yeah, they did ESP or other spiritual type focused experiments on mental activity and oh it looks like it didn't go well they didn't get too far with that and um behind the scenes you have that you know what just yesterday what just came out yesterday proves that they've been working on this stuff um we had you know they just released the quantum computing thing uh, with our government. And that's exactly these projects work with children and individuals at a quantum level. And so even if you read through that report, I'm going to encourage people to go through, really read through that and document how many times you particularly see the word potential. And just think about that. 
We're going to have to do a whole show on, yeah, on the quantum it's interesting. thing. This... I agree. So, you know, these are things that we're trying to, you know, show, we're trying to bring out that, um, you know, these higher children like, you know, Jonah, Lexi, um, the other hierarchy children who have been brought up in this system, you know, it's not that they're special and then they get these perfect lives in these special positions. Mm-hmm. No. They're being abused just like the children who, you know, and I don't want to say these children are any less valuable because they're not, but the children that are being, you know, trafficked horrifically and, you know, going through all the, the horrible things, you know, in that, you know, being offered it for sexual exploitation and ritual use and death. Okay. Those children, you know, they're being horribly abused at the same time these hierarchy children are as well, you know, they're still going through the sexual abuse. They're going, they're having to perform through these experiments, um, you know, and and they have to do it without letting, you know, they have to keep a certain posture. They can never let anybody know that anything is, is wrong or off. You know, they're raised up to be these political leaders or people running parts of the system and nobody ever knows the horrific abuse that they're going through. Yeah, I, I actually had somebody ask me um, who is uh, somebody, somebody that wants to kind of see how they can help a little bit more. And they asked, so what, 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 are, the, what are the symptoms? Like, what are the, what should I, what are the um, red flags? What can I, what do, what do we look for to know that there's something happening, something wrong? And as Jesse just said, they're, I mean, with, at that level, at that level, they're, you would have, the child would have to, like what Jonah was doing, Jonah and Lexi were telling on them. And let me tell you, they abused them terrible for doing so. I even know, I've got intel that after they grabbed my son again, the third time, they put him in a facility uh, up in Los Angeles and he was, it was like a type of deprogramming, like they, well, it's reprogramming is what it is. And they, and it's a type of, they make it look like it's a sane asylum kind of thing, but they are, but they are absolutely put back into some facility to get them to recant. Well, and Jesse's testimony has strongly been every time she reached out to someone, she had to watch someone get horribly killed. You know, that too. So, you, you know, they, they have the control mechanisms around the system are so big and so deep. And, you know, in this episode, we've really learned a lot. Uh, you know, the, the agriculture, Department of Agriculture thing just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the way they use Hollywood and, you know, the, you brought up Star Trek, Tammy. And I thank you for that. And, and, you know, Star Wars and all these things, they've been used to program the general public. So, you know, not only are we learning about how they operate the system, but for the general audience, you're also learning here today what to avoid in your life because these are weapons formed against you. That's correct. That's really correct. I, I think, too, that, um, and again, really as far as the system goes for the people that are... Um, that are being targeted in the through the government system 
the, the one of the things that people sh should not do is 23andMe, do not do the DNA testing because you're just, uh, you're just putting it out there for them to go, oh good, there's another one right there, another bloodline person, or there's another blood type person in this other area of AB negative, RH negative, whatever, so that they test on, might I add. So it, and again, it's, it's, it's really um, the people that are, it, it's, 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 there's, you know, it's really, I don't know how to really say, um, you know, there are signs, of course, when things in the court system are going illegal, of course, that people should learn their constitutional rights. That's what I, I want to just, I want to just emphasize that because if you know your rights, if I would have known mine and I, and I'm a great, uh, I'm a great, uh, example and and that's my fault i i if i wouldn't have been a, a layman of the law in the beginning and even though i knew there was something very wrong because of just intuitional whatever i had and uh i want to say that if i would have known things like that that i know now and that i knew probably halfway through that i started to learn maybe things maybe would have been harder for them i already made it hard for them and that's why they still well, are coming a after me Keith. there's what no doubt about that right <laughs> they're still coming after me <laughs> so yeah with with kamala harris's might i add i want to talk about that jeff they're still coming after me with her mercenaries of her knights templar police and i have a little incident i'll have to share with everybody here of 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 the uh not so fun times that she pulled and even uh doing so but yeah, so uh, just, that... just just before you do, T, I want to introduce that because that's part of the reports that were scrubbed from the internet the other day. And essentially, hmm. her aides were caught having their own private police force. They claimed they were part of this, you know, centuries old Masonic police force. And they really felt that they had power to do whatever they wanted. And they were her direct aids so tell me there's no connection okay so let's talk about that because as you know jeff our people our team sent you the literally the news articles that were literally made they made regular mainstream media ktla5 california oh, oh california it wasn't even just one it was the guardian it was ktla channel five which is probably from what I remember from family I have there, that was one of the most respected news broadcasts. It still is to this day. And I will kid you not, so Kamala Harris, if this doesn't tell the public that this woman is nefarious and running and doing things in a very nefarious, corrupt way, then I don't know, then I, I, I don't have to say to you, <laughs> okay? So going back to this, so here she was, and, and if you could even post that, Jeff, so people could see the articles that were sent, even though they're scrubbing it. Um, it's, because, it's scrubbed. I checked it right before we went on. Oh, it's it's so crazy. So what we, she we, did we'll, was... You, we'll find the links because people have shared it. It's not going to go away. I'll be, we'll be able to find the links, but it's going to take a little bit of research. <laughs> so this is what happened. So she has two of her, literally, I'm telling you, they were her top aides. They were literally like her right arm and her left arm. Okay, that's who these people really were. And so she sets them up. She doesn't just set them up. I want everyone to know. The news article makes it look like she just set them up in Los Angeles to be the Knights Templar, ancient 3,000-year-old Knights Templar police overseeing the entire police department in Los Angeles. No, 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 she didn't stop there. How did she, ask yourself, how did she have the authority to set up these Knights Templar fake police 
in not just Los Angeles, but 33 other cities. 33? Interesting now number. That is very yeah, interesting. that's a Masonic number. <laughs> oh, so there's your kind of some proof right there behind her Masonic connections. She, she chose 33 different precincts, okay? So let's talk about what she did. These guys were put in place and the head, the chief of police was like, wait a minute, who are you? Um, where's your credentials? And you're gonna be overseeing us? Yep, Carl Molly Harris put us in charge and we will be overseeing, basically that, mean, that meant that they were gonna oversee all of, and I'm gonna go further into a case because I wanna be able to um, support a case that is trying to get out in Los Angeles. This is very important because if she's doing it in Los Angeles, you can imagine she's doing this in 33 other states. Imagine if she became vice president, she'll do it nationwide. Okay, this isn't just going to come down to Jonah and I, okay? So I want to, and, and, and just, and, and Lexi and Ruby and all the other cases, okay, nationwide, and I mean, statewide, California, nationwide. So what happens is these Knights Templar police start overshadowing, over, basically intimidating other police departments around Los Angeles. It just happened to be that the police chief decided to do an investigation and he decided to do it very quietly is how these two aides get busted in the first place but before that happens i want to talk about a case and i and i can't go into the name of the case just yet i'd have to get permission still we're trying to contact this individual but we've been trying to give a, a random letter for the name okay so her the random letter for the name is also a j okay a j a j yes and so j what happens is there is a ring that, that is being run, a child trafficking ring in Los Angeles, all the way to the San Fernando Valley. And this is a Muslim, like a ring is what it is, that are abducting, and I don't, not to, and again, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, uh, derogatory in any way, but it is a ring of Muslim people that were trying to abduct children because they were caught, okay? Okay, we picked on Catholics last time you were on, by the way, so this is equal opportunity. <laughs> oh, good, okay, good. So, and I guarantee you, there's probably Catholics involved, Protestants, and you name it, in this ring, but probably, but, but what happened is, it just happens to be these people that are being under a Muslim brotherhood is what it is in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, okay? So this ring, what happened is, they were sent in, they were targeting a child in an apartment building um, and I want to think it was around the Northwood area, Granada Hills area of, of the San Fernando Valley. And this Jade person happened to be a three percenter, <laughs> happened to be living in that apartment building is what happened. And this person who was living in that apartment building. And the three percenter is like a Patriots. militia type person? Um, the three percenters are a well-known and Patriot organization that were um, that were even exposing some of the child trafficking down with Sawyer and the Tucson rape camps. Um, they have a little bit of fighting amongst their uh, organization. They got infiltrated, so that's unfortunate. But the true people that started that organization are true patriots of the United States. Yeah, it, absolutely. Are, I, yeah. I just wanted to bring that in for context because if someone's listening to this and they're not familiar with the term, for instance, uh, they, it won't make sense. So I just wanted to clarify that. Thanks, T. 
Oh, absolutely. I totally understand that. And that, that makes sense. So people kind of know that these, this, this group actually, I think they originated, most of them, the biggest percentage per, originated in California from what I understand. So again, this person was actually, she, it was a she, and she used to even be connected doing undercover surveillance for different police departments in Los Angeles. So this wasn't somebody that was non unfamiliar with the, with <laughs> uh, law enforcement. So they had certain, let's say physical abilities and they ended up literally stopping a child abduction of this, of this man who was part of this Muslim trafficking organization. Okay. This group, this ring in Los Angeles, she, she literally fights him off to the point where it, her back is to this day is still, she's still needing medical attention. So she fights off, she saves the child, and I kid you not, she's literally trying to report this to different law enforcement uh, uh, precincts from the Devonshire Division to uh, the Van Nuys, you name it. And I kid you not, this, this other group oversaw to make sure to keep the lid on that. They were all threatened. Do you know that when they put in their police report, they didn't even add her name. They said, they said this woman, and it was like, wait a minute, you guys all know me, you know my name. So this is how high level this goes, that nobody will help her, nobody will help this case, nobody will actually help fight for her to even protect her. And they, even all her law enforcement friends have literally backed away from her because of this case, because nobody wants to out this ring. Do you know that that guy, that Muslim trafficker, he was a trafficker, he just happened to be Muslim, he could have been Catholic or anything else, it didn't matter what he was, he was a trafficker and they were gonna, and they released him. But it was underneath this same, when, when this Knights Templar group was overseeing these people, these different precincts in Los Angeles. So these guys were all being intimidated that they weren't allowed to even expose that because guess what it would bring to? It would, it would literally open the door to Pandora's box to all of the other higher level people in that ring. And guess where it was gonna to go to guys? It was gonna go all the way up to up the chain of command, all the way to Sacramento is the problem. Well, and that's why it's important that. to mention that it was Muslim because we talked about the Muslim Brotherhood earlier and the connections and the rise and power and things. So, you know, this is how it all ties in together. And so it, it is important that we bring that up. Mm -hmm. Right, and I, I want our viewers to know, this is no way in any shape or form, I'm not picking on you know, the Catholics, the Muslims or whatever. And because there's a lot of people in those that don't know what's going on and they don't understand how the control is used and how it works all the way at the top. Listen, PC um, just, is not allowed on this channel. Well, yeah, we're, defining, so, we're defining, you know, we've defined the right. system, how it works, that it's got these departments that run through, you know, the Masons, the Mormons, the Jesuit Catholics, the Cabal, the Satanists, and then you've got the 14th Brotherhood, which is the Muslim Brotherhood. There we go. So we're connecting it to the Masonic or to the Illuminati Brotherhood departments that are running these trafficking rings. Right. And so Jeff, I just wanted her to, that's really what I wanted her to do is clarify so that, so that this is, you're right, this isn't about PC. We've been programmed to do the PC baloney. So this is about how a methodology mm -hmm. in the system and the structure once again, and how they're able to perform these criminal acts of public corruption is what it is. It certainly is. And, you know, we've got to keep following up on these. And, you know, we're always going to keep bringing up your son, 
Uh, Lexi is added to the list now for sure. Uh, prayer warriors that have listened and volunteered, this is your call to action. But you know, you're so knowledgeable on these methodologies that I want to keep bringing you out on and you know, obviously keeping your son in the spotlight, Thank but you. also exposing how this stuff happens because we need to get more people awake as I really think the dam is about to break on this. Like it, it's, it's really close. I feel it in my bones and you know, this is such an important show. So just real quickly, each of you, because I do have to cut the show, we're pretty much out of time. Um, if you could tell our listeners, both Jesse and Tammy, what, how can people pray? What can people do just in a very, very quick manner, if that's okay? Jesse. Yeah, no, I think it's important. You know, let's be praying for these children by name and praying that, you know, the individuals that we're hearing by name, you know, we need to be praying for those people, praying that the Lord allows the others who are hiding these people's crimes to stop or to be discovered um, and that this will, you know, come out in its fullness. And also that the Lord will provide a way, um, you know, we're talking, this is a international kidnapping with a child who has been sold on the black market, literally has no no birth certificate, no, you know, identifiable information. But we need to pray that the Lord will bring this child, bring Jonah, bring Lexi, bring the others home and, you know, make that possible. Um, get them out of the abuse situation they're in. Amen. And, and Tammy, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, what, 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 how, can, how can people reach out in, in prayer or whatever? How can people assist you in this? Um, and I want to just thank you, Jeff. And I want to just clarify too that um, when Jesse says no birth certificate, that means that they recreated a whole nother identity for my son. Um, I'm praying, I'm asking people to pray that that comes to light of of uh, more about the information of the outside primary group outside the United States that made sure he had no, they have an identity for him that they recreated is what it is, but it's nothing legal or tangible that it's, it's all hidden. And so I'm asking for that, like in Luke, where, where the Lord says, hey, everything in the dark will come to the light. Mm. So I'm praying that that is, that that truth about who these people really are we do have leads. I will say that. I can't say more. Luke um, but 8, we want... 17. Know it well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm praying that more of that comes to light, that will shed light on this primary group outside the United States and, and really what the, the phony, uh, fraudulent uh, uh, paperwork, uh, anything to have him under a new identity that would probably be some passport on the sea type of thing is what I know that they probably may have done, that that would come to light, that people will literally pray in mass, 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 like a bond, uh, a chain around the world for him, that this would all come to light and that to give those children also the, the, the protection around them, the power around them to also know to help us from the inside out and that even the protectors around them that are that want out that they would also be given protection that these people can't 
can't kill them, can't destroy them um, to save their faith, to save faith, basically. I'm praying that also more doors would open on an international level um, and that our, our Trump teams, that they would have more insight for protection for them and more insight as into how to open those doors and to um, for them to literally like walk across that Red Sea. Amen. So two things came to mind just as, as you both were mentioning those things. And one of them is that the Lord's destiny in both Jonah and Lexi is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. uh, that his purpose in their life, because he has placed them, uh, we all believe that in our spirit. And, and I, I join in on that with you. Uh, the second thing is you just mentioned TV paperwork. They're paper wizards and they've forged all these things. But when right. they leave paper, they leave a trail. That's correct. So, you know, I want just people to include that with the names and, you know, let's come together. This is Gideon's army that is being built right here. And so we ask that you join in, send your comments in. I can pass them along to T to Jess, uh, by all means. So just in closing, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on radio. Right on radio.